mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how you doing? Oh, hi, August. I'm Chris Broad. Can you hear my... I'm, I'm put, I've just put some slippers on my feet because my feet were making like a, like a slightly damp kind of noise as I stood on my hardwood floor. <laughs> Um, like you were broadcasting with some kind of horrible octopus. So I, I'd like to apologize for any of those noises. I'd also like to apologize on the, uh, on the recording session. I've called you bashment, uh, which uh, upset you because you didn't know what it meant. <laughs> didn't know what it meant. We always get interesting bashment! noises. We always get interesting noises from your end, don't we? Uh, last week, yeah. or week before, we had an Irish man, Irishman singing. just singing in the street outside mm. your, your house. That was, that was a beautiful voice. A couple of people on Twitter actually asked me to record him. I think he'd love that. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, he'd, he'd love anything that would give him £10 so he could buy one of those little bottles of whiskey. But he is very um, aggressive when he's drunk, but lovely when he's not. <laughs> Have you ever actually stopped him and spoken to him in the morning or the afternoon? Oh, no, but he stopped, oh, he stopped me and, uh, and had a chat with me. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he, he, as I said... In the morning, he's lovely and full of the joys of spring. But uh, once he's had a few, he's uh, he's, he's a little bit aggressive, little little bit much. <laughs> oh, the excitement of living in Soho! You know, living out here where I live on the outskirts of Sendai, it's never quite as exciting as your life, Pete. No. I can only dare to dream what it's like. But uh, it is <laughs> your birthday coming up this week, isn't it? How are you feeling about that? Uh, well, it, it, yes, it is. I'm trying to figure out when this show comes out. It will Probably have been my after. birthday. Yeah, so so it's my birthday coming up. Um, I, I, I was under the impression we were going to pretend that it had been my birthday. Uh, so I'm trying to think of the things I'm going to be doing on my birthday. Um, what I've been doing mainly for the past couple of weeks is using uh, a sauce that I like to call and the world likes to call yuzu. Yuzu sauce, the uh, horrible lemon that nobody likes, uh, it made it into a sauce. I have been putting it on everything, Chris. Uh, So I imagine on my birthday, I'm going to be just eating a lot of yuzu sauce because it's been going on everything. I've gone through a bottle in a week. Is this from the uh, the Japan Center, like the Japan goods store yeah. around the corner? I accidentally, I accidentally spent. I went in there. I went. You know what? Everyone else is queuing outside the your Tesco's and your Sainsbury's and stuff. I'm gonna go to go walk on the wild side. Go to the Japan Center <laughs> and uh, went in uh, and spent ninety pounds on. Let's face it, very little. But uh, yeah, <laughs> never mind. It is pricey. It's the priciest life hack. Certainly when it comes to shopping. Yeah. I remember going in there and being impressed because you don't get Japanese products in the UK much. And I think it's the only place I've ever seen Japanese products on sale, like food and stuff. Mm. But the prices were 
substantial. Astronomical. I was though I did on Sunday sit uh, in the sunny churchyard behind my house uh, and drank a Romanée um, soda uh, bottle. I was just like, this is the life. But it was like one of the metal <laughs> metal bottles, so I didn't have to tit about with that stupid ball. Um, so it's a big, what? big uh, one of those big uh, metal bottles, and I was just like, this is flipping brilliant. This is the life. I was having that a real time. That is cheating. You can't have a bottle of rum there and avoid the a really annoying, like cumbersome, bloody ball that rattles around <laughs> yeah, but, the top and explodes but everywhere. But the, the problem, the problem, is though, this uh, Ramenet bottle uh, it gives you twice as much um, soda. So you know, it's like a it's like a mega sized bottle of uh, that because the, it doesn't really hold that. You, you, as soon as you you get through the, the the novelty of getting the the ball in the neck of the thing, and then mm. you're like, nom, 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 and it's like, it's all gone in about ten seconds. I demand value. I demand volume. Gosh darn it! Demand volume. What? How would you describe Rumnet for listeners who don't know what it is? Because obviously, outside of Japan, I think it. I think we have it in the UK. We did like fifty, sixty again, years yeah. ago. It's a very retro style drink, isn't it? What's the best mm. way to describe it? Um, it is a very basic soda for you American listeners, or a very basic lemonade. So, like cream soda, isn't, isn't it? it? Yeah, it is a bit cream soda, but there are different flavours. I think there's like a melon flavour and a couple of others, but like, um, I'd like them to flirt with bubble gum. Uh, so it, I don't want to change my uh, campaign from Coolish to uh, Ramenet, but I would like them to have a crack at a bubblegum flavoured uh, Ramenet, if indeed it doesn't already exist. It does exist. It exists here. Oh, does it? Okay, okay, okay fine. It tastes no, well. rather disgusting. If you're wondering, <laughs> if you want to know what Romney looks like, uh, we did feature it in the Hiroshima video on Journey Across Japan. So if you want to check that out, go and have a look at that. My friend Ellen and I are sitting on a beach by the uh, Itsukashima Shrine or Miyajima, and we're trying to open Romney, and it gets very messy very quickly. And while we're on the subject mm. of flavours of things, flavors. I was at the supermarket and I've recently discovered a new brand of Coolish, simply referred what? to as Coolish Gear. And it's Coolish <laughs> flavoured like the very energy jelly that kept me going on Journey Across Japan. Good old right. energy jelly, Dr. Jelly's favourite, uh, combined with Coolish. And it's like a slushy. I think you'd like it if you're into slushies. Is it like, because I've had, so, so Coolish um, comes in two major kind of... Um, uh, setups, I think. Uh, the, the, there's like the, the the coolish ice cream, which is just like a kind of um, uh, the kind of ice cream, kind of soft serve vanilla. Uh, mm. the, the stuff that Margaret Thatcher, our ex prime minister, was involved in uh, in creating, which we mentioned on <laughs> yes, a, a previous podcast. Um, and then there's like ones where you'll have flavors like ah, oh, what's that? You can you can get like a calpis flavor, and that's more like mm. a sorbet, like a slushy sorbet. So this is like very much in that camp, but it's those little. Yeah energy bottles that you buy or um, get in games like Yakuza. Those little kind of wee brown, like little mini cola bottles that are just full of caffeine uh, and full of sugar and full of, uh, you know, all the stuff, that, you know, taurine and stuff. There's stuff that's going to wake you up effectively. You see mm. people drink them, um, you know, as, so as they're com- coming home or getting up in the morning. They are so good. They're, they're, they're delicious, but I imagine it rots <laughs> your insides. Uh, but Coolish uh, have uh, obviously pivoted. And I'm not going to get a taste one, am I? I'm not going to get to taste one. You are not, uh, unless I go to the supermarket again and buy a few, (laughs) stick them in the freezer for when you're over the next time you come over. I I mean, I I do wonder if I could get like a... Because I sent a package to Germany of the Super 8 film that we we filmed in uh, Sapporo, so I'm looking forward to getting that back (laughs) um, sooner rather than later. And... uh, 
yeah, I got this wonderful email from uh, from all in German saying we have we have received your package. I was like, wow, cool. But it it went um, over DHL in one day. Now there must be delivery mechanisms that allow you to to move something really quickly in one day. And if I just got like a cool box filled it with ice or dry ice <laughs> and just shoved a load of uh, coolish in it or, or rather got you to do so uh, and you know got it dropped off I, I reckon it could get here in a day surely the the, the, the planes are empty the, 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 the sky is empty from planes so presumably the cargo uh, uh, system has never been more efficient like <laughs> drug running but with coolish um, I know yeah. for a fact things take forever to go between the UK and Japan. I got some birthday gifts and cards from folks back home and it took like mm. two or three weeks. So, Oh yeah, I'm but afraid. not if you're willing to like slam a good hundred quid down on the table and go, get this to Japan tomorrow. I remember chatting to a bloke in a uh, really quite obnoxious uh, cargo pl- uh, plane uh, flyer uh, in um, Osaka. No, Kobe, Kobe, in a in a rock bar because uh, right. that's where I live all the time when I'm in Japan. Uh, and he was he was so flipping obnoxious, American bloke. Uh, and he was giving it the big legs. Going, ah, yeah, I fly the I fly the bridge from uh, Chicago. Uh, I'm going to Osaka tomorrow to pick up a plane, and I'm going to uh, oh, we go, I I fly those planes faster than they're designed to be flying at. And uh, yeah, there's there's a little bit of there's a there's a room behind me. There's the cargo plane, but there's a bit of room behind me where I could do squats. And I could do polyps. I got weights in there. And he's basically a bloke who, when he's not flying, uh, while he's up in the air, he does like sit ups and, and does uh, and does workouts and stuff. Uh, and I was like, Brilliant. right, you're the coolest. You are the coolest man. I think that's what he thought he was, but he was not the coolest. He was the most obnoxious shouting man in in Corbett. But uh, yeah, I. You've sold him to me pretty well, to be honest. He sounds like a, <laughs> sound like a movie character, and I, I want to. I do, I do all my workouts, uh, ten thousand feet in the fucking sky, man. I'm a sky <laughs> jock. <laughs> that sounds like an amazing individual. I am going to go to that rock bar in Kobe and seek him out for a video. That'd be a great little documentary. America's yeah. greatest pilot. Oh, it, w- it would be lovely being a cargo uh, a pilot. It's just you and a mate just flying all around the world. Where does this need to fucking go? All right, all right, we're going to Manila. Right, where are we going now? We're going to Germany. And every couple of nights just getting ratted in a bar. <laughs> lovely old job. Doing the good old flight route between Manila and Germany. It's classic, I... yeah, it's classic. <laughs> it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the money you can make on the side shipping Coolish around on freight. Yeah. Having or, a little cool box. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Two yeah. in one hand, drugs in the other box. Brilliant. Speaking of money on the side, I, uh, right. last, <laughs> not me, real man on the side. I, no, I, <laughs> I remember uh, last week I brought up Riotto had started his own YouTube channel, right? Did, mm. Have you seen any of the videos yet? I saw the first one uh, and I enjoyed it immensely. Uh, I enjoyed his use of, it's not mnemonics, I guess it's just kind of like this just word sounds weird a little bit like, just, it's, <laughs> You've got to get in Riotaro's mind to to understand it. Uh, but uh, I've not seen his new one. I, I, I did plan on watching it yesterday, but I had a, had a few things on. But I'm going to sit down after this uh, recording and, uh, and have, have a watch. He taught a really convoluted way to 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 say with natural pronunciation the phrase "ikura deska," which means "how much is it?" Right? Last <laughs> yeah, week it, yeah. he taught "arimas," "arimas," which means to 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 have or to be. Right? Right. Uh, okay. Like pen "arimas" as a pen. He taught mm. "arimas" as "alimas gone." Just remember the phrase 
Ali Mars gone? And you'll remember, Ali Mars. That's <laughs> just like, no, Riotero. That might be good for a few little phrases, but as a means of learning an entire language, it's not going to work. I need like a little photo of Muhammad Ali with a face mask on. And he's like, just yeah. remember, Ali Mars gone. To be fair, well, you can remember yeah, I, that. I rem- yeah, uh, yeah, and and if you if that works for you, and and to be honest, it's not just about thinking about Ali with his mask on every single time. It's about thinking about Ali with his mask on the first ten times, and then it's in your <laughs> vocab, isn't it? But like, because I ikura descar is something that I know. One of the few things I do know in Japanese, and it's because there was a video game in the very dis- deep and distant past um, called Ikari Warriors, um, right. and it was on like the like on the Spectrum or the Amstrad. I don't even remember playing it to be honest, but. That's what I think of when I think of how much is it? The Akari Warriors. <laughs> Ikura desu ka? And it's not using, even the, the correct word. It's really weird. Well, yeah. Using the Ryotaro mnemonic method. Uh, he taught, like, he used, uh, there's a word in Singapore that they say at the end of sentences. I think la, right? Something, something la. Um, right. Part of the, like part uh, of the Liverpoolian. Yeah. And he <laughs> just kind of taught that. It was like, ikla, ikla. Ikura, Ikura, and he did like that. It was a bit weird. Mm. I don't think it works, but nevertheless, it's certainly interesting. My favourite part of his videos is the 20-second opening montage, and for that alone, I'd encourage you, ladies and gentlemen, to go and check out Ryotaro's Japan. It is like a cheap, low-budget, crappy spy film. It's like... And it's just loads of really awkward, oh, awkwardly placed screenshots Look at it's, him having a go. The bloke was just having a go. You weren't, you weren't this uh, <laughs> negative with my YouTube channel. You were actually quite helpful. Well, your YouTube channel, I think it's got educational benefit. You taught us how to buy rice cookers <laughs> at an airport. That is useful. Good point. That is a Good useful point. skill. Yeah, that, that, I mean, one, one video per year. That's a, that's all I'm giving them. I, I tell you exactly. what, I've been, I've been learning a few Japanese words um, <laughs> with the video game. Oh my god, it's the worst video game ever. Like I've talked about Final Fantasy um uh, 7. Um I've got a bit of time off. I'm getting into stuff I wouldn't usually get into. Um I'm playing a game called Disaster Report 4. Are you familiar with these series? I am not familiar with Disaster Report 4. What the devil is that? I'm not either, but it's a what <laughs> looks like a PlayStation 3 game that got you know fell into some kind of development hell. Uh, you get it, you can get it on the Switch. It's fifty five fucking quid, and it is Jesus. the most janky piece of crap I have ever played in my life. And I'm sure there are people out there, there are people who love this podcast, love uh, Japanese culture, love otaku culture, and they're going to say, Pete, you're an idiot. You love, you must get into this disaster report game. Um, I played a few hours of it, and it is basically uh, a man. On a bus uh, is in an earthquake. I think it's a game where uh, there's an earthquake all the time, and you've got to rescue uh, people, help people out, feed people, clothe people, bathe people. I don't really know, but you just Painful. wander around. You just wander around this janky landscape, and the performance on the Switch, even though the game looks like toss, is dreadful. And I paid fifty-five quid for it, but I did learn the word tatimono. <laughs> So, Tatimono food, Tatimono building. So, that's something I've got to show for my 55 bloody quid. Some Japanese, invaluable Japanese knowledge. That's great, yeah, though. I guess, the, the, well, I guess the, the, pacing, the pacing of the game is so slow, you can learn, the lang- you can learn more words, which is quite good. So, yeah, there you go. I mean, it goes hand in hand with your morning shower routine, where you learn <laughs> Japanese by sticking stuff to the wall. And uh, <laughs> yes. that's great. 
keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> Between I, yeah, the video game, before. Disaster <laughs> Report 4, your shower curtain technique and Ryotaro's alley mask on, you'll be a pro in no time. I'm right. Damn right. Dear, oh dear. <laughs> why, why did you pick that game? Why did you spend like $50 on that one game? Where did you Cause see it? it? Look, cause it I'll tell you why. Because it looked janky. It looked janky and it looked weird and it looked odd. And I thought, that's the kind of stuff I need in my life. And I wasn't wrong. I was not wrong. <laughs> why was it so expensive for a game that's clearly not that good? Yeah, I don't know. It was digital download. I can't really. Can you trade games in digital download? You can't, can you? No. Yeah, it's absolute waste of time. Absolute waste of time. But uh, yeah, I, I, look, it's nice. To, it, it reminded me of the janky moments of uh, the old video game Shenmue. So enjoyable in a way, in a weird kind of way. You should uh, you should consider doing like a podcast on old retro video games. I think it'd be quite fun. <laughs> what review? Yeah, I mean, I remember seeing a video game in Super Potato in Akihabara, the uh, retro video game shop. And it was like mm. Fisherman Supreme Man or something. And it's basically mm. a fish, just an old man who's just fishing by a pond and he just pull out fish. And then he evaluates how good the fish is. And then you put the rod back in and fish again. And that was a PlayStation oh, 3 mate. game. I Mate, I've played, they, they, they were, they were, uh, there are so many fishing games. And certainly in Japan, obviously fishing is a massive, massive uh, lifestyle uh, over there. And, and you know, all the, is, yeah. the dream, yeah, Dreamcast controllers that well, it was like a fishing um, a fishing rod. Uh, spool, I don't, I don't know what you call them. Yeah, there was loads of, like, there was Dreamcast one, there was a PlayStation one. They, like right throughout the life cycle of all of the video game consoles, uh, they've always been fishing controllers. Because, you know, older people like to, um, well, and younger people like to, like to fish. And obviously, there's that uh, place in Osaka if down, in the arcade. If you go downstairs, you're allowed to. Uh, you can just um, do a bit of fishing in like a shitty little paddling pool, and then throw throw the fish back, and then you get a picture with your fish and win a prize. It's really weird. Yeah, there's a there's a place in Shibuya uh, where you can catch your own fish and uh, eat them there and then. And it's mm. just a, there's a big sign out the front that just says "Let's fishing," and I've often <laughs> thought about going in, yet to do it. Maybe the next time you're over. We'll give it a pump. It's a video, we'll it a isn't it? It's a video. <laughs> it certainly is. I've I've certainly done worse over the years. I've certainly done worse. Yeah. So the bar's pretty low already. Um news. News from Japan though. What have we got? News. Um news. I didn't find that much news going on in Japan at the moment. Obviously it's all coronavirus related, and I'd like to think mm. that this podcast is something of a escape from the tyranny of coronavirus and the news mm. about it, because it's, it just dominates every headline at the moment. But unfortunately, the headline this week is coronavirus related and it is about divorce. Right. Um, oh dear. You might remember, I don't know if you remember back in February uh, or March, there was a report that uh, because of the coronavirus, couples in China were divorcing. Divorce rates actually went up because couples mm. who don't normally spend time together were sitting indoors for a month at a time going, wait a minute, I don't actually yeah, like man. you. <laughs> exactly. That's, how, that's what they said. Uh, there's a company in Tokyo called Kasoku and they've launched a kind of pl- a kind of program a scheme where people can rent out an apartment for 40 dollars a day about 4400 yen where couples can separate and escape to and avoid divorcing um, the idea is you can go rent out this apartment uh, for 40 dollars and avoid your partner and then not end up divorcing so rather than have an yeah. argument or deal with your apartment uh, deal with your partner for long extended periods of time, you can escape to one of these little apartments and live happily ever after for the day. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it seems like a cool idea to some extent. It's mm. quite reasonably priced, isn't it? An apartment for $40, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah, it's cheaper than Airbnb. 
Yeah, because yeah. I mean, you could just start, if you wanted to, you could just have a little sleep. It's like a really cheap love hotel. Chris, what? Yeah, I mean, you could start a little business, like a cheeky little business. You could get, uh, you could maybe get uh, phone boxes. Uh, still exist in Japan. They're still very popular. Um, why don't you just rent out phone boxes to people who just want a bit of fucking space from their family? <laughs> Ten quid a pop. Get in the phone box. <laughs> that isn't that equivalent to theft. The theft of a, <laughs> a public bit. phone box, or a, or a toilet in a in a family mart, because most family marts have little toilets. You just rent that out. Ten quid. That is great. Ten quid. Ten uh, thousand yen. Get in the get in the toilet. You're allowed an yeah. hour. That is thoroughly grim. What I would say yeah, is, grim. if I had a garden, which I most certainly don't, I would buy lots of little sheds or shacks, put them up, have like ten rooms, and then rent them out as escapes, little <laughs> couple escapes, little retreats, and that'll be my side business along with my YouTube channel. Um, but apparently, it's been kind of popular. I think there's uh, yeah. the spokesman for this company, Kasoku. They've had twenty customers since the campaign started uh, on mm. April third, and. Not only do you get this uh, apartment for forty dollars, you also get a free thirty-minute divorce consultation with a legal official. <laughs> oh, Whatever that no. means. That's How grim, quick isn't it? is it to set up um, businesses in Japan? Because I always think there's just so much kind of red tape to set it up. This Kasuku uh, has managed. Kasuku has managed to uh, set up a business in like no time at all. They've got the services of a legal professional. <laughs> Incredible industry from uh, young uh, young Mister or Mrs. Uh, Omano. It's quite the pivot. Basically, the uh, the company they've got like uh, they just own like offices, remote offices, and kind of right. apartments and things. They've got five. 500 units and they're typically right. for tourists and i think they did yeah. it through airbnb got these fully furnished nice, okay. apartments but given there's no there's no tourism tourism's gone down effectively 100 percent. they've been left up shit creek so they basically thought i know let's rent them out to couples who are a bit fed up of being stuck indoors together so it's quite an ingenious little pivot of a business model isn't it yeah, very clever. Yeah. yeah, what's that? Um, oh, what's that big? Uh, oh God, what's that big building? The um, capsule building. I can't remember the name. Nagakin oh, capsule building. Nagakin. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, what are they? I mean, because one of them was on Airbnb, and then it went off Airbnb, and presumably oh. it will be on Airbnb again. <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, obviously there'll be no tourism. So, you know, come around sort of like September when things are starting to get back on its feet. I reckon they, they've got to put that back on Airbnb. And as soon as they do, I'm flying out to stay in one of those little capsules because I find the whole project fascinating. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When did you... When did you see the Airbnb apartment? For people listening who don't know what mm. the Nagakin capsule building is, it's like the coolest building in Tokyo. Well, it's easily my favourite mm. building. Uh, it's like a load of washing machines have been salitated together and launched mm. into the sky. Uh, it's in the yeah. movie Wolverine. Wolverine Japan. Oh, right. I can't okay. what, do you remember what it was called? Tokyo Wolverine or something? 
Oh, I don't race. know. I don't, I, no, I'm not a big uh, All you need to know is rubbish, and Best Avoided is not a good <laughs> film. But they do stay there in the movie, and I think that's the only movie I've seen it in. But just type in Nagakin Capsule Building and be amazed mm, it was, at the it architectural was like wonder. The, yeah, it was built like as a modular um, kind of futuristic um, uh, social kind of living experiment uh, in the mm. 70s, I want to say, was it? Um, yeah, 70s, and uh, the, the, the capsules were designed to be replaced uh, for, for, for yeah. different needs uh, and as they got older. Uh, but the, 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 the simple fact was the money ran out. Uh, I think the walls are full of asbestos and it's just going to be very, <laughs> very expensive to replace or do anything with. But uh, there's an argument to say it has some kind of architectural importance and so it should be upkept. Um, but there's only a few people actually living there now and, and the rest is just kind of, I think people just have a wander around and have a look. But it's a, it's a very, bearing in mind that Japanese apartments are very, very small. This is a really, fu- like a 70s futuristic idea about what modern um, central... Yeah city living would be like and to be quite frank um san francisco uh and and, and all of the uh kind of the, the the tech hubs of of the world are kind of offering similar kind of uh dorm style uh accommodation and i think something like the, the nagakin capsule uh kind of experience would probably be a little bit better and definitely a little bit cooler well what I will say is that they keep trying to knock the damn thing down, which is a real shame because mm. it's stunning. Um, yeah. It's kind of it's next to Shiodome, which is a really futuristic, nice skyscraper district, yeah. and, next, and it's kind of in between there and Ginza. But they keep trying to knock it down, but people keep saying no, it's you know a, a, a place of wonder, and uh, <laughs> is that what it's technically called, a place of wonder? <laughs> but uh, I would love to go there and like make a video and actually just like rent mm. out if the airbnb listing is back up i'm gonna check it out after this i would love mm. to go there and like make a video or a short film inside of it because it's just absolutely stunning yeah. um and i'd strongly I, I, I urge a, you if you I go a link for it i'd link, you have a link it. To maybe it. you could sort of find, yeah I, I have a link i think i've got an old link somewhere on an old email maybe they've got some contact details you can uh, oh nice you can email i'll, I'll check it out but if you're coming to japan or tokyo uh, any of you guys listening, like, do go and check it out before they knock it down. There's a risk. It might be gone one day, and it's a real shame if, if they do get rid mm. of it. So go and check it out. That's great. Um, I'd love to, go and, love to go and stay in it at least once, even mm. if there is asbestos in the walls. That could be a little <laughs> bit of a, of a downer in an otherwise exciting environment. Um, cool. But there you go. Um, coronavirus, divorce, apartments. Apartments. <laughs> great idea. Great business concept. Uh, we now turn our attention to Speedy Japanese, the segment mm. in which we teach Pete Japanese in a speedy nature. And given that uh, the two things we've discussed today uh, revolve around apartments and houses, most notably apartments, which you can rent out to escape divorce, uh, I thought I'd teach you the word for apartment and house. And I think you might already know them, to be honest, Pete, but let's, uh, let's give right. it a whirl. Anyway, do you know the Japanese word for apartment? I imagine it's a guy I go word apato. Yeah, good. I it's knew that uh, anyway. Tihi. <laughs> apato. Make sure the pa noise you extend that. So apato. 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 If you just say apato, no one will know what you're on about. But if you say oh, apato, I want a potato. <laughs> <laughs> that would. Uh, that would certainly get mixed results the next time you say that in a Japanese bar. Yeah, apato, uh, apato. What about house? Do you know what house is? I do know what house is because uh, remember I used to get it wrong. I used to say, <laughs> Ie is no and Ie is house. Uh, and it turns out Good. I was, um, for, for, for the longest time, just saying house to everyone. House, house, house. <laughs> so it's Good, Ie. yeah. 
It's a common mistake, to be honest. Yeah, it's a mm. common mistake. Yeah means no. Yeah means house. Literally, I and Chris. E. Yeah, Chris. It's I, a I tough word to say, though. Anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a tough word to say, though. House. It's so short, mm. isn't it? It's like one of those. Um, a lot like like Hiragana used to have fifty. There used to be fifty, and now there's like forty six, and there's like four. Three or four missing hiragana, and I was I was reading I was reading about this Where'd on your go? app that you recommended. Um, oh yeah, human, uh, Japanese. human Japanese. Yeah, it's real. You know what, human Japanese. I I I don't know what your filthy little uh, relationship with this uh, app is, but it really <laughs> is. Um, it really is. Uh, it gives you a lovely introduction to why the language is as it is. Uh, effectively, how kanji appeared in uh, in, in Japan and why uh, rich people were the people who learnt it uh, and women mm. weren't allowed to learn it and so women needed a way of writing because they wanted to write and so they started appropriating Chinese symbols that had the same sounds but not the same meanings uh, to form words. So that's why we now have um hiragana so like that's why that's why the japanese now have hiragana there are varying um concepts and, and opinions on that but there there was a real appetite for women who who because you know noble women weren't allowed to learn anything effectively um they needed a way of uh, expressing their feelings and writing shit down um they effectively created a language in the in the main or in the most part huh not even i knew that and i'm the one that shouts out the app human japanese every other week <laughs> Knowledge. Fascinating. Fascinating. It is a great app, though. I shout that out. I think in every everything I do, I shout out mm. human Japanese. And yet nobody seems to download it or say I or like reply to me, yeah, I've got it. So my work, mm. clearly, it's not yet finished. I need to keep shouting it out. <laughs> Best Japanese learning app ever for beginners. Mm. And now, turn our attention, ladies and gentlemen, to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? We got one from Arnold. Hello to Arnold. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, I don't know why I'm talk- talking like this. Uh, oh, Arnold from Vancouver, Canada. I mean, it's kind of French, isn't it? Um, hope you guys are doing well. Not not in Vancouver. Uh, I started listening to the po- this podcast after Chris's Sapporo uh, live stream. Uh, it used to be the perfect companion for my 40-minute drive to work. Then, since social distancing, I mostly stayed home and accelerated through the playlist, running out of episodes now. My question is, with your knowledge of uh, kanji characters, uh, does that help you navigate through Chinese speaking travel destinations uh, such as China, Taiwan and Hong Kong. Another question to both Pete and Chris. If you have to get a Japanese name, what would it be and why? Thank you and best of health, Arnold. I didn't even see this question coming up and we've just been talking about kanji and everything. Oh, it fits together so nicely like a capsule in a bloody building. Perfect. That's a good question. I uh, I mean, I... I knew that the uh, Japanese kanji were derived from uh, Chinese characters, obviously, mm. but I didn't know how much. But I went to Taiwan about two or three years ago, which is a great place. Highly recommend it. Love it. And was blown away by how much I could not really read, but understand. Like you look at a menu and I think there's the same character for things like noodles or meat or beef. So I could tell what was beef and I could tell what was meat and I could tell what was noodles. Anything else I didn't have a clue. But it was really quite useful. It actually really helped. Um, and you can kind of read things like, oh, this is water, this is drinkable tap water, things like that. So it does come in quite handy. Um, mm. So, yeah, it actually is quite useful. You can't pronounce it. You can't say it out loud. But you can kind of identify that, oh, that kanji character, well, that character means this and it means water, it means food. So really kind of convenient. As for my Japanese name, I think I oh, – that's a tough one. I, can't like, I like the name Takeshi. 
because it's simple. Yeah. And it's from Takeshi's Castle, which is everyone's favorite TV show in the UK um, from the 80s. And so probably just Takeshi Sato because it's nice and simple. Not even exciting. Nice. It's just Takeshi Sato. That's my name. What about you, Pete? Um, I like something with a ski in, so I'd probably go for Natsuki. Natsuki Donaldson. <laughs> <laughs> Natsuki Donaldson. Natsuki Donaldson. That's, that's, yeah. I'll oh, take it. That sounds like a, a, a terrible marriage gone very wrong. And <laughs> <laughs> such a marriage would require the services of the aforementioned apartment company. Uh, we've got one from Matt from Reading who says, Hey, guys, word on the street is Chris recently bought a car for his birthday. That I did, Matt got to buy myself something good given that nobody else bought me anything uh, and oh. chris is keen to do a road trip i say word on the street i watched his birthday live stream announcement firstly to chris i'd like to know where in japan he's not yet been that he'd like to visit and pete and to pete live the adventure donaldson who i know has always seen a lot of the country what are some places and regions in japan you're keen to explore in the future maybe you guys could film an epic road trip together like journey across japan but without bikes Keep it up, lads. Matt from Reading. It's a good one. Um, I like the phrase, Ooh. Pete, live the adventure Donaldson. It's a pretty cool nickname. Mate, I'm having, I'm, I'm having that. Nickname. <laughs> up there it's with like Donny. Towards my 40s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, I mean, I'll throw that ball to you first. Anywhere you'd like to visit that you've not yet seen. I know you've seen quite a lot of the country and been to places yeah. that not even I have, like Miyazaki. I've... I've not, done the, uh, I've not I've not done any of the little the little island in the, in the um uh, what's the little island in the middle of like sort of west of Tokyo and south of um Kyoto like that little chunky bit what's that big chunky boy Shikoku 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 island yeah, I've not Shikoku. done much of that and I've not uh, and I've not done any of the islands off I've only done like a couple of islands off off the coast because obviously Japan is flush with uh, different little islands um, I was planning on going to Kyo uh, is it Kyo no uh it's some island that's um that's uh that's off the coast of um Fukuoka but I just never got there in the end because I sleep a lot um and uh, I <laughs> missed the, and I missed the ferry yeah and I missed the ferry <laughs> so um I yes yeah, so I didn't do that so I'd like to uh, um explore some of the um some of the islands the only thing is though like sometimes you sort of think I'm 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 only here for two weeks I'm wasting a whole day on a ferry <laughs> yeah I guess it depends on the island of what there is there. Like Sado Island mm. uh, is quite nice in the Sea of Japan. Not a whole lot there, admittedly, but it's a nice little escape. I kind of like islands because you can feel like you can just escape a little bit. And you, if you get a car, mm. you can drive around the coastline. There's some stunning beaches, but I know you can't drive, so maybe it's mm. not worth it. I remember your story about the time, I think you went to Korea and you had trouble getting a taxi and got stuck on an island. Am I making that up? Did that happen? That was uh, yeah, that was Korea. That was in uh, I was on Jeju Island, which is a beautiful. I think it's the I think we spoke about it before. But it's the busiest um, flight corridor in the world uh, from um, uh, from from Korea to uh, from Korea to Jeju. Uh, certainly Seoul to Jeju, anyway. And uh, yeah, I, I had I just couldn't get a taxi. It was hotter than I've ever been before. I'd oh, just God. eaten a whole bag of really hot spicy chicken and uh <laughs> i had a bit of a breakdown <laughs> oh, no. i said uh, craig i can't get us a taxi i think i'm having a breakdown <laughs> i should have jumped in the sea that would have sorted it all out <laughs> yeah that would have that would have helped wouldn't it definitely yeah, i so. uh in terms of places i'd like to visit i i was looking at the there's a, i've got a map on the broad japan website which i strongly urge you to check it out the broad forward slash map 
website and on the map we've got like a hundred pinpoints of videos where we've made videos and it's quite cool but there's like three or four really noticeable patches where there's no videos we've never been to one of them is hokkaido kind of the east part of the island anything east of sapporo the other one's shikoku like up um the other one is central japan i haven't explored or i certainly haven't filmed much of cities like nagano or matsumoto um and Takayama, I'd love to go there. And also um, Totori and the sand dunes of Totori and that kind of region, Shimane and Totori around the back of Hiroshima. So certainly like quite a few locations dotted around the country yet to be discovered. And I think a road trip could be a lot of fun. And I've actually been thinking mm. of doing a sort of journey across Japan follow-up, but good because it's less cycling and more driving, which is instantly better because it's much, <laughs> eff- much less effortless. Uh, have, you, um, yeah. have you got your car yet? I do have my car. Yeah, what's it like? Vroom vroom. I'm in my mum's car. Vroom vroom. It's a Honda Fit, and it's phenomenally economical. It's not particularly fun to drive at all, but it gets the job done. Mm. It goes from, you know, A to B easily. But it's uh, at the end of each drive, it tells you, gives you like a little rating on how economical your driving's been, like on a scale of one to five. Um, Gamifying it. My idea of fun, really. But yeah, it's nice to have a car. Obviously, not really driving around much yet, but looking forward to uh, hopping in it. Certainly when it heats up a bit, it's still pretty cold up here in Tohoku. So when it heats up, I will be getting in it. And hopefully by then, things will have improved. But uh, yeah, I'm up for a road trip. Are you up for a road trip, Pete? Are you going to come along? I'm up for a road trip, baby. Let's do it. Shikoku. Uh, we've got one here from Marcelo from Copenhagen. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I'm a huge fan. After visiting Japan three years in a row in January, I would argue that it's the best time to go. That's a good point. Um, he says, this is due to the lack of tourists. So you actually have the temples and attractions almost all to yourselves, especially if you go early in the morning. The winter season scenery is very underrated. It's nice and quiet, and you really have the time and space to reflect. Three questions. You can choose one. Um, uh, number one, how does South Korea differ from Japan? Number two, if you could choose one city in Japan to spend the pandemic, which one would it be? And number three, Christ. I'm assuming he spelled Chris wrong or <laughs> something there I don't know about. Christ, do you have any new book recommendations? I just finished Ghost of the Tsunami. Ghost of the Tsunami, sorry. Please stop making so much addicted content. Um, I need to study and my girlfriend and friends are really tired of listening to me talk about Japan and throwing them Japanese facts all the time. Keep up the amazing work. Marcelo from Copenhagen. Um, Three questions. Uh, Let's answer them very quickly. Number one, South Korea, rather than tell you the differences between South Korea and Japan, we did do a podcast, didn't we, Pete, about two years ago or a year and a half ago because both of us went there. The same kind of time, I think. Um, Mm. So go and seek out that podcast. I think we talked about like 12 different ways or 12 ways the countries are different. But uh, in short, I really like South Korea. It's a fantastic country or certainly Seoul where I uh, got to spend some time. Number two, if you could choose one city in Japan to spend the pandemic, which one would it be? It would probably be where I am now on the outskirts of Sendai, just by virtue of the fact Tohoku hasn't had many cases. It's been relatively quiet and laid back. Uh, Where would you want to go? If you were going to spend yeah, I mean, the you, pandemic, spend your time with I mean, the pandemic. Like, if you start like, talking about um, Sakata or something, like somewhere really quiet, I mean, you, I don't think mm. you'd notice whether there was a pandemic on or not. <laughs> it's just so quiet. <laughs> well, yeah, like where I am, there's there's not a whole lot of differences. Certainly restaurants are actually closed and the big shopping malls have closed apart from the supermarkets. Right. Starbucks, you can't sit inside. You can only order the coffee and run. 
which is fine with me. I'd do that anyway. Um, yeah, you wouldn't really know, to be honest. Just the shops and things are a bit more quiet than usual. Uh, in terms of book recommendations, I would actually recommend um, another book by the same author. So Ghosts of the Tsunami is a very sad um, story, nonfiction, about the tsunami, how it destroyed the Okawa, Okawa Elementary School um, north of the city of Ishinomaki. Not too far from here, unfortunately, all the kids were uh, lost their lives in the tsunami. Uh, except a few who escaped to the nearby mountain. It's about the terrible management decisions that led to its destruction. And I know uh, we didn't we didn't go there, Pete, but I think you saw it out the car window when we're driving mm. through there. Uh, very sad. Yeah. But the author Richard Lloyd Parry did another good book um, called "People Who Eat Darkness." It's a similarly rather grim read, but very interesting. And it's about the murder of Lucy Blackman, a uh, British girl who came over here to work and disappeared. And it's about the kind of long two, three year investigation into her murder and what happened. And it's very grim reading, very gripping, and it will shake your faith in the Japanese policing in general because they did a mm. very bad job. So that's my read. Um, sorry, it's a bit bleak, but very good books. And uh, yeah, thanks for the questions, Marcello. Keep up the great work. Mm. Keep up reading. Indeed. What have we got next, Pete? <clears throat> got an email from uh, Alana Dillavega from Vancouver, Canada. A lot of Canadians getting involved uh, yeah. this week. Hello, Lord Pete and Sir Chris. Thank you for those titles. Lord uh, Pete. I was recently, yeah, what? I was recently, I was recently listening to your Twelve Things You Wanted in Japan in Twenty Twenty podcast and realised uh, you didn't include visiting Hello Kitty Land. Preposterous! <laughs> Have you fellas ever visited it uh, or plan to visit? If not, I urge you to consider visiting. My best friend and I went to Hello Kitty Land last year during our trip to Japan, and the kawaii uh, parade changed our lives. Neither of us understood most of the song lyrics, but the songs were so damn catchy, we couldn't help but sing out uh, our hearts out with uh, Kitty-san. And my friend would argue uh, that it was just me singing in my limited Japanese like a maniac foreigner, but I disagree. Uh, I felt like I belonged, or we belonged to a happy cult worshipping Hello Kitty. The parade even had aerial dances and acrobats. I bet oh, even God. Chris would find it hard not to smile and sing along until he saw the price of the merchandise you feel compelled to buy once your brain was by the parade how anyway uh, i expect a vlog or a documentary on the magical cult of hello kitty land once this entire situation blows over in the meantime i will go and listen to hello kitty by avril lavigne uh, to quench my thirst for more kawaii uh, parade songs and not because kitty's aunt is threatening me uh, take care stay safe and thank you for your podcast i've been keeping my spirits up during these times alana de la vega you scare me <laughs> with the things you want chris to do I think we have found a sequel to your next video in your on your YouTube channel, Pete. You've yeah. sold us the rice cookers of Narita Airport, and mm. now it's time for you to venture forth into Hello Kitty Land, which is my idea of hell, particularly this kawaii parade, the cute parade. Mm. I, I've never heard of this place, but I did look it up uh, when I just read this message, and it looks absolute crap. Uh, it looks horrible. It looks terrifying. It's just loads of people dressed up like Hello Kitty in big Hello Kitty costumes bouncing around. It looks absolute nightmarish. The only thing worse is the song Hello Kitty by Avril mm. Lavigne. And if that plays there, then we've got just the worst place in the world we've got problems. ever. Um, <laughs> we've got troubles. We won't, well, I'm not going to be going there. But I, I might send Pete in with parade. a camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's happening. do that. <laughs> and uh, don't go and listen to Hello Kitty by Avril Lavigne. It's such a bad song. I remember I played it to Natsuki once, and he nearly, he, after he listened to it, he was so shocked, he nearly punched me in the face. 
so avoid that. Uh, one from Michael says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. Thought I would start by saying I'm not the Michael. I'm not the Michael McIntyre, famous for his comedy road show. It just so happens to be my name. In fact, I wasn't even named after him. Believe it or not, I was actually named. <laughs> I was actually named after Michael Jordan from his appearance in the movie Space Jam. Brilliant, Michael. That's, yeah, that's one of the best openings I've had to an email." <laughs> Named after Michael Jordan from Space Jam. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I'm off to university this September to continue my Japanese studies, and I'm planning on returning to Japan for a few months at the end of the academic year. To save money, I was considering doing some hitchhiking and was wondering if that would be possible in Japan. Would anyone pick me up, or would people just be confused as to why I have my thumb in the air? Thank you, and stay safe, Michael. That's interesting. Hitchhiking. Mm. Have you ever done hitchhiking, Pete? Seems like the sort of adventurous, crazy, like thing you would do. It would certainly, uh, it would certainly um, rescue the fact that I can't actually drive, um, which <laughs> would probably help if I uh, if I was in a situation where I couldn't drive somewhere. So no, I've never actually, uh, I've never hitchhiked. Have you ever hitchhiked? I haven't. It, it's just like not what I would do. I, I think it would give me real anxiety standing by the side of a highway with my thumb out. Um, I do know a few friends that have done it. I know, I know some guys that have, that have tried it and failed. I know a guy. I think my friend Regan in he, he was in Nagoya once trying to hitchhike to North Japan, and he stood by a highway for like six hours and nobody stopped. Uh, <laughs> fortunately. Uh, which is a shame and a surprise because he's a handsome young man. But I do know some <laughs> girls who did go quite far. I think I have some, I think uh, about four or five years ago, some friends on the jet program working with me went from like Fukuoka to Tokyo um, across two or three trucks in a day. Um, so mm. my takeaway from that was if you're a girl, you win. You will get. You will be able to hitchhike. If you're a guy, you you're go. stuffed. It's not happening. Um, but yeah, give it a shot, Michael. You got nothing to lose except your dignity. I certainly won't be trying it in a hurry. Hitchhiking terrifies me. Uh, we got one from Henry. He says, "Hello, Chris and Pete. How are you today? We're good, Henry. Uh, I'm Henry, and I'm writing to you from the heart of Germany. And I'd like to submit a few questions. The first one is: Did one of you ever been to Germany? Uh, yep. And the second one is: What do Japanese people think about the Germans? I really enjoy listening to the podcast. It's a nice way to relax. And uh, the YouTube channel has brought me the dream of teaching English in Japan. Um, a few days ago, it was my birthday, and because my family does know my dream about coming to Japan, they gave me a katana as my birthday present. They sung me <laughs> happy birthday in Japanese. Wow. That's insane. That's the best family ever. <laughs> Keep up the good work, Chris and Pete. Keep it up. Uh, best regards, Henry. Happy birthday, Chris. And he's written it in German. <laughs> I don't know if I dare read that out. Um, alles Gute zum Geburtstag. You can do it. You're good at this. You're good. <laughs> I studied German for three years, and all I remember is the word for potato is Kartoffel, and ich bin Dorf, which means I'm an idiot. And that is what I remember from three three well, years of uh, studies. I like um, that you say Kartoffel, that, that uh, potato word, uh, like a Japanese person. Very enjoyable. Kartoffel. Mm. <laughs> um, I have been to Germany. I went to Berlin a few years ago, and I really liked it. Everyone was very friendly. The beer was fantastic. Uh, Paulana Weissbier was outstanding. I remember, I remember I had uh, it was the beer flavoured like banana. It was the future. And I just remember everyone spoke English incredibly well, um, which I think was one of the reasons I didn't bother studying German that much because I just felt everyone in Germany just speaks English better than most English people that I know. Um, 
but I'd love to go again. Love to go to Munich. I know you've been, Pete, because you pass through Germany every time you come to Japan because you've worked out it's a life hack. <laughs> well, <laughs> cheap, it's a cheap flights yeah. only. Have but you got yeah, beyond yeah, that? I, I've, I've done. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Germany, mate. It's Germany. It's best, Germany one of the best mate. countries in the world. I've done the. I've done the big four: Cologne, Berlin, Hamburg, Munich. The, you know, the, the, that's that's the four corners. <laughs> the four, the four corners of Germany. But I do need, yeah, I do need to explore further. Hamburg was particularly fun. I recommend that place a lot. But have you ever got a katana for your birthday present and been sung "Happy Birthday" no. in Japanese by family? I think my, uh, I think my auntie Joan, uh, she used to work for a woman um, who was called Pe- Peggy Selix, uh, who we, it was a name that was just in in our lives a lot when I was a kid. Peggy Selix this, Pe- Peggy Selix this, and Peggy Selix that, and I was like, who the hell is Peggy Selix? Anyway, she um, <clears throat> she quite recently um, revealed that Peggy Selix's husband was a, I think, an admiral in the navy. Uh, and right. uh, you know, it's probably like we're dirt poor, like my family, and so is and and, and my auntie Joan as well. Well, she used to clean for Peggy Selix, and Peggy Selix's husband was the admiral uh, in the in the navy, I think. And she and he, we used to bring back stuff from Japan quite a lot. So I'm fairly yeah. certain um, uh, she she's promised me a a ceremonial. <laughs> sword <laughs> when she goes bless her but um i, f- I always feel because because i'm the only person in the family who's expressed any interest in japan she just keeps giving me these like amazing uh kind of um turn of the century cheap but uh you know decent decent quality um japanese kind of uh plates and and boards and like oh, like wow. decorative boards and stuff like that so i've got quite a little collection now it's 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 lovely that's fantastic. Goes with your uh, automaton musical devices, <laughs> various yes, other exactly. things, and your Tenga collection. But uh, I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I'd love a katana. I don't know what They've I'd do with used. it. I'd love one, but I don't know how I'd get it through customs the day that yeah. I decided to move to the UK again. That could be rather I, I just, I just, I just worry about any any man with a rumpus room, any man with a, a man cave with a sword on the wall. I just, I just worry. I just worry it is all. I, I think that would be a step too far for me. I, I, I have no interest in in swords. Though I did once, um, uh, sort of pen what can only be described as a parody song, uh, called "Dads with Swords," and it became a bit of an internet hit. Um, really? A few, a few of you, yeah. Dads with swords, and it was uh, to the theme tune "Girls on Film" by that band ah. uh, that I can never remember. Duran Duran, um, Duran Duran, and uh, yeah, it was just basically a promotional video from a swords company who were demonstrating their swords on like you know lumps of meat and stuff like that in the car park um and it just looked so funny because they just all looked like dads um but they were just dads obsessed with making swords um brilliant and i did a little song and and, and made a little video and i can't remember what i put it out i put it out on one of youtube channel just good just just search on youtube for dads with swords it's a hit it's a it's a it's a bop it really is as the kids say uh but i remember a sword podcast got in touch and said can we use your song as the uh, no theme way. tune to, to our uh, podcast? And of course, I don't own the rights because it's not my song. Um, but uh, Dads with Swords will live forever in, on that podcast, I think. <laughs> I am gonna. I know what I'm doing straight after this. Not only I'm going to yeah. look up Disaster Report Four, the greatest game ever. Um, <laughs> check out Dads with Swords. Brilliant, yeah. nice one. Terrible, um, terrible. <laughs> I know for a fact though. There's a hundred. There's about 150 people in Japan that can make swords still. So not that many. It's dying out. No. Not that many people buy okay. them anymore. Apparently they give them, they give out swords for like special occasions, like Henry's birthday, uh, or if yeah. you get married and things like that. Um, 
yeah, I'd love one. If anybody's well, listening to this and they want to give me a sword, give me a sword. Yeah. do it. Let's let's do it. Give me a uh, sword. <laughs> I got one here uh, from uh, Michaela. He says, oh, hi all. Good morning, Chris and Pete. Uh, I'm writing to see if you could wish my amazing boyfriend, Evan, a happy birthday for the 1st of May. He's been a rather obsessed Abroad in Japan fan for years and quickly converted me into one into me one uh, as, as well. Uh, as fate would have wow. it, I was lucky enough. I <laughs> butchered the English language there, didn't I? <laughs> um, as fate would have it, I was lucky enough to get a performing job in Japan this year. Made the move to Osaka. Oh, a lucky devil. Evan was meant Ooh. to make his uh, his first ever trip to Japan this month and celebrate here, but due to the coronavirus, he will be in London instead. I know he would love to get a shout out from you guys. We both listen in religiously every week and check to see uh, what speedy Japanese we can learn. Thanks for keeping us laughing and for the updates on all the random happenings during these weird times on both sides of the world and not forgetting a belated Tanjobi Omodeto for Chris. Uh, thank you, Michaela. And happy birthday to Evan. Sorry you didn't make it over to Japan, Evan. Hopefully Sucks. things will improve in the coming months. And uh, best of luck uh, to you, Michaela, in Osaka. I'm not sure what the performing job involves. Is performing job? I'm picturing Universal Studios because that's, that's yeah. what comes to mind. Universal Studios well, Osaka. Restaurant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but best of luck to you both, and uh, thank you for the birthday wishes. I hope Evan has a good birthday, despite being thousands of miles away from you. And uh, I hope Evan, I hope you get a sword like Henry. A lot of birthdays yeah, this week, sword. isn't it? Yeah, Me, you, big... Evan, Henry. Only one of us has got a sword, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just... Tanjori Omodetto. I've, I've got a crappy knife. <laughs> oh. Poor old Pete. What do you want for your birthday this year? Um, I think when you when you get freedom, to, when you get to my age, yeah, Chris. Uh, that's that's a problem with being a grown up. I mean, unless you like really want like a Lamborghini, a like you can get, you can kind of buy everything that you want. So, um, birthdays hold no birthday presents in particular hold no significance. I've I've never really yeah. been big on birthdays, so eh, maybe I'll feels maybe like I'll having buy a, a car. <laughs> <laughs> Even though getting I older. Drive. Getting older feels like having a cheat code sometimes because I know what you mean. Like I remember when I was like twelve or thirteen, and there was a for my birthday. I was like, I want Die Hard on DVD, and my mum or dad was like, Oh, <laughs> we can't afford Die Hard. It's like ten pounds, and now yeah, yeah. I can walk in a shop and I can buy like a Nintendo Switch if I so desire. I mean, I'm not going to, but if you I could, you if I want Die Hard, oh, yeah. just, look, you said you want to Die Hard. So you're going to get Die Hard, Chris. Honestly, Jesus, <laughs> decide. There you go. I am going to buy you a sword for your birthday. Oh, a really cheap sword. Right. The cheapest sword. Put it through customs. <laughs> straight, oh, yeah. straight off Amazon. Uh, keep right. the stories, questions, comments coming in to Born Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next time, guys, to do it all over again. But for now, stay safe. Stay, just stay away. Stay safe. Stay indoors. Stay frosty. Mm. Stay frosty and uh, have a great week if possible. And we'll be back to do it all over again next Wednesday. Bye for now. Die hard.
was a Stakhanov production. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com